0: Tonight, Quest Youth, we are going to make some progress, all right? Come on, shout back to me. Tonight, we're going to make some progress. Last week, I preached about day one, how it is day one. The minute you give your life to Jesus, it is day one for you to make massive impact in the earth. But we can't stay on day one. Day one is not where where we have the opportunity to live. Day one is where we start. But from there, we have to make progress. So tonight, we are going to make some progress. And my hope for this message is that three things. Number one, that you leave wanting to come back. My hope is that you don't just show up, pop in and leave and never come back, but I hope that you make this your home youth group that you feel at home, that you feel that every week when you come here that you are making progress in your relationship with Jesus. That's hope number 1. Hope number 2 is that you leave here tonight more motivated to follow Jesus deeper. Deeper and further than you've ever gone before. I'm not a motivational speaker but I know that the gospel is something that motivates me and so my hope tonight is that you leave more motivated to follow Jesus deeper and then number three my hope is that you leave here knowing what your next step is because I understand as soon as you give your life to Jesus you pray that prayer and you're like all right I believe in Jesus I'm a Christian now but what now I know that's hard sometimes to know what your next step is. And so my hope tonight is to answer some questions that you have and that you walk out of here tonight knowing what your next step is. So, hey, I want you to know at Quest, you're not expected to be perfect. You're just invited to the process. This is a process of discipleship here. And by the way, I want to point out, we didn't call it Settle Church, right? Right? We called it Quest Church, because as believers, we're not called to settle and to sit still and to remain stagnant. No, as Christians, we are called to a life of progression. We are called to a quest. That's why we called it Quest Church. And I would hope that the world would see our life and see a life full of progression, I would hope that the world and, and your classmates would look at your life and see a life that is progressing. I don't know about you, but I hope that when people look at my life, that they see a life that's going somewhere, that they, see a li- that they would see me and think, he's only getting better, that I'm only getting wiser, and that I'm only getting started Listen, I I, I don't hope that they think that about me for my own ego. I hope that they see a life of progress so that they have hope for themselves. So that those who are in depression and in anxiety and they feel like they have no hope for their life, they can see a Christian who has progress in their life and they can hope that maybe they can have some for themselves. And that's what I hope for your life, that when people look at your life, they see a life of progress. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm still in progress. Now let's talk about this. Why is it important to have a life of progression? Well, the Bible says so. Look at Proverbs verse 29, verse, chapter 29, verse 28. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now what does that mean? That means if you don't have vision for your life, then you can't have any forward momentum in your life. You can't move forward if you don't have vision. And if you can't move forward, then what ends up happening is you essentially remain stagnant in this life, waiting for the day that you die. If you're not moving forward, you're just waiting till you die. And when you die, All of that potential that God plants inside of you dies with you. Now, I want to ask you a question, just because I want to spark your brain a little bit. I want to get you thinking, where is the richest place on earth? The wealthiest place on earth? Shout out some answers. Where do you think the wealthiest place on earth is? Let me hear some answers. I'm hearing some answers. Let let me give you a hint, all right? It's not the United States of America. Okay, I heard Dubai. It's not Dubai. They're very wealthy, but the richest and wealthiest place on the earth is not Dubai. It's not a bank. It's not some massive jewelry store in Switzerland. The wealthiest place on planet earth is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard... Lie people who have died. And with those people, all of those dreams that they had that they never put to work, that they never saw become a reality. In their grave lies with them all of the potential that God planted in them that they never put to use in this life because they remained stagnant. The graveyard is the wealthiest place on planet Earth earth. Think about, think about all the cures to all these diseases, all the potential that lies in these graveyards, all these medicines that could have saved lives, all of these amazing ideas that could have changed the world. Think about all of the books and all of the movies that could have been written, all of, all of these educational pieces that could have been written by people who had so much potential but we'll never get to see it. It's the wealthiest place on earth but you can't rob it. It lies there stagnant and we'll never see what could have been because the people who lie there never took the pen to the paper and progressed. The wealthiest place on planet earth. Now since we're talking about some heavy stuff, life and death, right, let me ask you, What do you think is the secret to fulfillment in life? I heard YOLO, Jesus, God. Okay, great, great answers. Okay, (laughs) great answers. I'll tell you that most of you probably already know that the secret to fulfillment in life is not money. You've heard that enough growing up. You know that the secret to fulfillment in life is not having the dream house or even the dream career or your, your dream spouse, right? It's not, it's not having the dream family. It's not having a, a lake house and you know, Cabo. It's not having all the vacations you want in the world. It's not all the money in the world that, that can't give you the fulfillment you seek in life. You know, if you ask really wealthy people who, appear to have earned everything in life. They'll tell you that they thought that once they got all these things that they would be finally fulfilled, but by the time they actually got it, they realized that it wasn't the destination that brought fulfillment, it was actually the journey to it. What does this tell us? This tells us that fulfillment in life doesn't come from a destination. You can't find fulfillment in a Grammy or an Oscar or a Nobel Prize. You can't find fulfillment in any achievement. Fulfillment comes when you know that you are progressing. Hear me. A poor man that is progressing will always be more fulfilled than the rich man who is stagnant. And life, in order to have fulfillment you have to have progress. You don't have to be the wealthiest person on the planet. You just have to have some progress knowing that I'm getting a little bit better every day. And honestly, my hope tonight is that you leave here understanding and feeling and having this sense that you are closer to God today than you were yesterday. That's my hope every time you come to youth group, that you are now closer, one step closer to God than you were the day before. If it's one step, that's progress. Progress. Now, I want to tell you the definition of the word progress. I know you know it, but I want to tell you because I want to give you, I want to paint this picture for you. Progress is a forward or onward movement towards a destination. A forward or onward movement towards a destination. Students, hear me. It is so important that you have a sense of progression in your faith. That your faith is taking you somewhere. That your faith is moving you forward. Man, one of the saddest things on earth is when, I mean, we talked about the graveyard, but to be honest, most people die at the age of 25 and aren't buried until 75. Because they give up on life at 25 thinking they're done. Can I just tell you, you are not done That as long as you are on this earth, you have a purpose. And that purpose is not a destination. That purpose is a journey. You are never done. Your faith requires progress. It's important for you to take your next steps. As a matter of fact, it's impossible to follow Jesus without taking steps of faith. I mean, the very concept of following somebody is that they are walking down a path and you are behind them going down that path the very concept of following someone means that you have to progress and put one step in front of the other so to believe in jesus means to follow jesus But to be honest, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people. You know these people. You know a lot of people who claim that they believe in Jesus, but they don't actually follow him. You know these people. I see these people. To be honest with you, can I just be honest? Sometimes I fall into that category. Sometimes, even though I'm believing in Jesus, there are times when God is calling me to take a step of faith, and I don't. Students, we have to be willing to move. We have to be willing to make progress. Touch your neighbor, say, make progress. Make some progress. You know these Christians who claim they believe in Jesus, but they don't follow Jesus. These are called professing Christians. It means they profess that they believe in Jesus, but they don't actually follow and do what he says. These are people that if you were to see them on the street and ask them, are you a believer in Jesus? They would say, yes, I am a believer in Jesus. That's a professing Christian. They profess Christianity. But can I tell you that oftentimes a professing Christian is only a believer because they are afraid of hell. While a progressing Christian is a believer not only because they're afraid of hell, but because they are madly in love with Jesus. See, a professing Christian will will say, I believe in Jesus because they fear that one day they might go to hell if they say they don't. But, but the difference in a professing Christian and a progressing Christian is that a progressing Christian is not driven by their fear of hell. They are driven by their love for Jesus, and they have to take steps forward following Jesus everywhere that he goes. This is a progressing Christian, a Christian on the move. You know, Jesus addressed professing Christians In Matthew chapter seven, verse 22 through 23, this is what he says. He tells his disciples, he says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But Jesus said, I will reply, depart from me. I never knew you. (laughs) Y'all, that verse terrifies me. I don't know about you. I didn't know you could cast out demons in Jesus' name and not get into heaven. (laughs) Jesus said you can. You know what this means? Jesus is zero percent interested in what works you can accomplish. And he is not even interested in, in the fact that you're a professing Christian. Because he said that many will say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. And Jesus said, I will say, depart from me. I never knew you. So Jesus is not just interested in you claiming Christianity with your mouth. He's not just interested in what good works you can do with your life. There is only one thing that Jesus is interested in. Do you know him? that's it do you know him there will come a day where you will appear at the gates of heaven and it it, it won't matter how many cuss words you didn't say it won't matter how much you tithed it won't matter how many bible verses you memorized all of those things are good things here but there's only one thing that jesus cares about there's only one thing that will actually allow you to enter into his eternal presence and it is this question. Do you know him? So many people know about him but don't know him. And you know you it's so easy to know about people but to never know them. You follow a hundred of them on Instagram you know all about these people, you know all about the Kardashians, right? But we don't know the Kardashians. Sometimes I think that our faith is on the level of our knowledge of the Kardashians. And we know about Jesus, but we don't know him. See, professing Christians know about Jesus. They can probably tell you a lot of Bible verses They could tell you what Jesus said, what Jesus did. They could tell you a lot about the Bible, and they probably know all of the worship songs. They know probably when all the service times are to their church. They know how to dress right that's appropriate in the building. They know all these things, but they don't know Jesus. The difference between a professing Christian and a progressing Christian is that a progressing Christian actually knows the one they believe in. See, this is a different kind of faith. This is a faith that you can't can't make it mechanical. This is a kind of faith, I, I would love, students, to give you a list of things to do and say, these are the things you need to do in order to get into heaven. Man, that would make my life, because I would win so many people to heaven. I would just say, hey, do all these things and you will go to heaven. But I can't because it's not about those things. It's not about what you do or don't do, although we should live good lives and we should try to strive after Christ. I'm gonna talk about that in a minute, but the most important thing is do you know Him? And my question is for you, what kind of a Christian are you? Are you a professing Christian or are you a progressing? Christian, this got so intense, and I meant for this to be such an uplifting message, and I'm going to get there. But I think God is leading me into this moment with you so that you really understand what it means to know Him. It's one thing to sing about Him. Jesus is so good. Jesus is my friend. It's one thing to read about him. All good things. But then there's this deeper calling that we have to talk to him. To talk to him. To call his name, Jesus. And if you don't know what to say, say anything. Say something, tell him about your day, tell him how you're feeling, tell him what you're going through. And you might say, Pastor Christian, he's God, he already knows everything. Yes, but he wants you to tell him. That's what a relationship is. Talk to Jesus. All right, I want you to look at your neighbor right now and I want you to tell him, make progress make some progress look out look at the other neighbor and tell him to say I'm a work in progress I'm not perfect say I'm in progress look at the other neighbor again and say I'm not done I'm just heating up I'm just getting started I'm in progress you know the apostle Paul I talked about him last week he wrote letters to Timothy but he wrote letters to a lot of people he also wrote letters to the Hebrews who had decided to believe in Jesus Paul tells the Hebrews to progress in their faith. Let me read it to you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one through three, it says this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance. Somebody say endurance. The race that God has set before us. And then he tells them how to do it. He says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I want to give you three points from this verse because this is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I want to give you three points from this verse and I'm hoping that this will give you some insight as to what your first steps are. Again, I can't tell you what your next steps are because everybody's next step looks different. Everybody's relationship with Jesus is so unique, like a, like it's like a snowflake. Like your relationship is different from her relationship and my relationship is different. God is all calling us down different paths. And so we have to seek for ourselves, but I'm gonna give you some insight from this verse so that you can go home and you can evaluate for yourself what my next step is, okay? number one from this verse lose the weight lose the weight all right I'm not talking about your love handles all right relax I'm not talking about cellulite all right we're not talking about all that All right, what we're talking about is what Paul was talking about when he wrote to the Hebrews. He said, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Listen, in order for you to move forward, you've got to let go of some things. You've got to let go of some of the weight Listen, in order for you to move forward in your relationship with Jesus, in order for you to see some progress in your faith, you've got to let go of some bitterness. You've got to let go of some anger. You've got to let go of some pain. You've got to let go of of some offenses that you've held on to. You've got to let go of some of these weights that have been holding you down and keeping you and tripping you up from walking towards Jesus. Lose the weight. If you remember last week, I preached about David when he killed Goliath, y'all remember? And remember when David went to Saul and he told Saul, hey, I'm gonna kill the giant. And Saul was like, no, you're too young. And then what Saul tried to do was he tried to put his own armor on David, but it was too much armor for David. It was too heavy. David couldn't move, so he threw off the armor, right? David couldn't do what God was calling him to do with all of that weight. And sometimes the weight that we carry is weight that we think will protect us. Like David, that armor. What if David was afraid? If David was afraid, maybe he would have kept the armor. And if he would have kept the armor, he wouldn't have been able to raise his arm, and he wouldn't have been able to sling the stone, and he wouldn't have been able to kill the giant. And he would have gotten slaughtered because he was fighting in a fashion that he was not designed to fight because he was carrying Too much weight. But sometimes fear will make us put armor on that is too heavy. Sometimes our fear of failure will actually weigh us down and keep us from moving forward in our purpose. Sometimes your fear of rejection can prevent you from inviting your friends to youth group. Sometimes your fear of being made fun of will prevent you from singing worship songs to God on the stage. And it'll prevent you from stepping out and teaching and preaching and and really worshiping. Sometimes our fear puts us into a state that makes us feel safe, kind of like Saul's armor. But it actually prevents us from stepping into a life of progression towards Jesus. And so Paul's saying, strip off every weight. He said, you're not called to be weighed down like the world. The world is full of shame and guilt and pain, but you are set free in Jesus' name. So he says, strip off all that weight. You're not who you used to be. Lay it all back and run your race with endurance. And that's number two, have endurance number one is lose the weight number two have endurance what does that mean that means don't give up don't quit man don't throw in the towel don't stop moving forward listen i know sometimes it's frustrating to read the bible because we don't understand everything that's in it get an niv or an nlt quit reading king james version it's only going to frustrate you more at this age listen have endurance don't give up so easily i mean i know sometimes your friends at youth group annoy you and you don't want to show up to church have some endurance man i know you don't want to deal with them have some endurance i know you don't feel like worshiping every single week have some endurance man run your race Don't get weary. Don't don't, don't let let your own emotions drive your spirit. Come on. Have some endurance in you. Have some drive. Create some momentum in your life. Don't give up so easily just because it gets hard. It's going to get hard. It's going to get hard, man. It gets hard. Guess what? If it didn't get hard, then there wouldn't be a reward at the end of it this is what Jesus said he said this is actually what Paul said Paul said this about Jesus I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering you can't have resurrection without suffering this is what Paul's saying he's saying if I want the resurrection in Jesus I have to do what Jesus said which is pick up my cross and follow after him. I have to endure some suffering. I have to endure some hard things. I have to re- endure some rejection and some pain. I have to endure. Even when I'm tired, keep moving forward. Number three, keep your eyes on Jesus. This is what Paul says. He says, run the race set before you. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Paul said we can run our race as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus. Can I encourage you, forget the distractions. Man, forget the bitterness and the pain. For, for, forget all the weights that are holding you down. For, for, forget all of the problems that you see in the world around you. Keep Your eyes on Jesus. You you might say, but Pastor Christian, there's a lot of problems in the world that we need to face and and we need to deal with and we need to make them right. Can I suggest, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you, Jesus cares way more about the problems in the world than you do. There is no racial injustice that Jesus is unaware of. There is no social injustice that Jesus is unaware of. There's no economic injustice that Jesus is aware of. Jesus is more aware of all of it than you are. It is not our job to find and seek out battles. It is our job to find Jesus. The one who has it all in his hand. Stop trying to find your purpose outside of Jesus, you're only going to frustrate yourself. That's what David would have done. He would have worn Saul's armor and then he would have gotten slaughtered. If you keep your eyes on the one who has his eyes on everything, you will never miss your purpose. Ever. Keep your eyes on Jesus and if you follow after him and you're living this life of progression towards Jesus, Jesus will lead you right smack into the purpose that he called you to. You're like, yeah, but we want to deal with all these problems. Jesus has got it. If we would all follow Jesus, he would lead us right to the solution. So again, my three points tonight were strip off every weight, Have some endurance and keep your eyes on Jesus, the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. That means, this is what that means, that means he's the one who started it all and he's the one who will finish it. He's the one who lit your fire and he'll be the one to blow it out. Keep your eyes on Jesus.